This is Mag Heroes, a podcast about magazines and the people who make them. I'm Dan Rowden. In this episode, I talk with Elliot and Samantha Stocks, the husband and wife team behind Largum, a magazine focused on, in the Stocks' own words, showcasing those who achieve a sense of balance between work and play. After winning Member's Choice for Magpile's recent Best New Magazine Award, I thought it would be good to hear more about the magazine, the couple's balance between magazine and day job, and hear how they have prepared for their second issue, which was released last week. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi guys, how are you going? Good, thanks. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, what, uh, you're down in Bristol, is that right? Or near Bristol? Yeah, just outside, um, just in the countryside, just south of the city. Okay, so it's like a, a bit of a magazine hub at the minute. A lot yeah. of indie titles. In Bristol, definitely. I think we're the yeah. only um, publishing company in our, in our village, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let's just start off with um, for those not familiar with Largum, could you just describe the magazine? Um, yeah, and uh, where you're taking it. Uh, yeah, I mean, our sort of tagline, as it were, is a, it's a celebration of innovation and creativity. Um, so we we profile people who are doing interesting things, and, and usually that's uh, those who make a living from their passions, um, or people who have some really interesting pastime activities, um, so the things they do outside of outside of work. Um, the, the, the name itself is um, a Swedish word, which loosely translates as having this idea of not too much, not too little of something. Um, this kind of sense of balance and so there's this theme of balance that runs through the whole magazine where and, and the, the kind of central theme is people balancing work with play um, but in general it's just sort of people who approach life with a with a good sense of balance and, and who are doing interesting things and kind of indulging in their passions yeah um, it's a it's it kind of feels familiar with like a lifestyle and all these cool like uh, artsy people in it but I like the the this like tweak to the the norm with the like uh, the passion and the, the they're like making work from your passion. It's a really nice uh, slant. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it seems to have gone down well, uh, at least with magazine uh, Magpile users. Um, you guys won the the members' choice award for best new magazine. Yeah, um, we were really excited about that. That was that was a really great moment. So thank thank you to everyone who voted for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was a clear winner uh, with the members' choice. That's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, it's nice to see a a one-issue magazine win something like that. Yeah, we were we were really humbled by that. That was lovely. It's um yeah, it's great motivation as well when you put out your first issue, and it's it's great to get that kind of feedback um, straight away. We weren't expecting it, so we were we were over the moon. Uh, well, congratulations again. Thank you. <laughs> um, so could we go back a bit and uh, just hear the path that you've both taken to making magazines because uh, Elliot I know that you're uh, you're not in magazines in your your daily work um, yeah that's right could you um, just describe uh, your path to Largum uh, yeah sure um, so I, I guess it started with Eight Faces which is a typography magazine that I founded um, in 2010 and the reason that came about was um, I was a web designer at the time and started to grow frustrated with how ephemeral the nature of the web was so my work was disappearing after years or, or months or perhaps even weeks um, and I wanted to make something that would last and you know you could put it on your bookshelf and would still be there on your bookshelf um, several years later 
So I was also kind of getting into typography at the time. I mean, this was in in web design terms. This was a fairly sort of uh, important time because uh, web fonts were becoming a thing, and and designs were starting to kind of up their game with. Um, well, not really up the game, but just un- have a fairly decent understanding of typography on the web, um, which is obviously a lot better now. But anyway, at the time, um, it, was, it was an important time for typography and for web designers. And I decided to make this project, and it was kind of selfish, really, just to, as I say, make something that lasted. And it was really just for my own benefit. Um, I, I wasn't really planning on it being anything that continued or, or anything like that. It was just I wanted to have a printed um, magazine and I hadn't really done much much print work at the time so uh, I mean barely anything in fact you know flyers pamphlets the CD covers this kind of thing but nothing as big as a magazine so it was a huge learning experience um, and it turned out to go really really well we sold out of the first issue in in a I think it was like a couple of hours and I was really um, I, yeah I just really wasn't expecting that at all so then I realized I kind of had to make more <laughs> and um, so the intention was always to do eight um, because eight faces kind of feels um, feels about right so we did eight in total and gradually built up a team over time um, and Sam joined me as deputy editor like a few issues in and uh, we kind of ran it together um, managing all of our different contributors and stuff like that and that came to an end uh, the eighth issue was published in May last year and once that went away, I realized that I wanted instantly another magazine to fill the gap because <laughs> right, I was yeah. really enjoying doing it. Um, <laughs> and Sam and I, up to that point, had never worked on a project together really properly that was really, you know, jointly our own thing. And Sam was um, working as a, as a writer and had recently gone freelance. And um, we decided that we just really, this could be the thing that we, we could work on together. So um, we started that, and it came. The first issue came out in September last year, wasn't it? That's right. So um, yeah, and, that, and that's it, really. Okay, um, and Sam, you work with magazines, uh, with yeah, writing. That's right. I've been working in publishing industry for a number of years, and always really enjoyed the process and writing and decided to make the move to go freelance because there's nothing quite like working for yourself is there yeah. <laughs> and um yeah as, as Elliot mentioned we started working together on eight faces but obviously you know very much his thing but um, we really wanted to do something different um and we both had a sort of um, similar vision to what we wanted to put out and um so far we're up to issue two <laughs> yeah that's that's as of yesterday. As of yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how did the launch go with uh, your second issue? Um, it went uh, really well, thanks, yeah. And we're still kind of, yeah, it was literally yesterday afternoon mm-hmm. that we put everything live, so we're still in that kind of post-release high, as it were. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're really thrilled. Um, so it went live yesterday from our, our site, um, and our distributors now have all their copies and everything, so hopefully it should start appearing in shops um, in the next few days, hopefully in the UK, and then a little bit longer throughout the rest of the world. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. Like I saw a, a quote on Twitter, um, I think from uh, one of your colleagues, Jake Giltsoff. 
Yes, that's uh, right. Beards, bikes, fonts, coffee, craft beer. Oh, yeah, that was my favourite <laughs> towards the comment so far. <laughs> sounds like a brilliant magazine. <laughs> yeah, that that's was... what we're hoping. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, um, that was a nice comment from Jake. Although it's it's still likeable even if you're not massively into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, how have you found uh, making your second issue compared to the first? Um, It's been... I guess it's our process has streamlined a bit, <laughs> which is nice. We definitely need to streamline it more for issue three. <laughs> yeah. true. I think we've learned um, even more um, from this issue things that we could do to make it a lot more of a smooth process. So um, mm. yeah, we're actually planning on putting together like a little document, maybe doing a blog post or something, just to kind of kind of share our our learnings and and. Failings. <laughs> <Other> areas. <laughs> Which hopefully cool. there haven't been too many of us. Yeah, I think um, uh, Kai uh, Brack from uh, Offscreen does a really great job of, of blogging about what goes on behind the scenes, and um, I think I think it'd be good for us to start doing some more of that because yeah, there's definitely been things that we've learned with this issue, uh, but I think we're yeah we're kind of finding our finding our spot. It's um, we we've, we've already done quite a lot of work on issue three, uh, which is. When compared to the release of issue one, we hadn't done anything with issue two, um, so that was so it's kind of nice to feel that we're gradually um, got a little bit more of a future plan, um, and we kind of did a few things with like we revised some of the design uh, for the second issue. So there are some things that I wasn't happy with with the first issue. That have, some sections have been radically redesigned. Some it's just a kind of tightening of, of certain things um, based on some feedback from from people like Eric Streakman who. Who kind of goes through our each issue and uh, gives us some critique on the on the <laughs> typesetting, which is which wow. is um, terrifying, but <laughs> but really really rewarding. Um, so um, so the body type is uh, tracked um, a little bit wider this time for E type fans. <laughs> I'm not sure if anyone's going to spot that. It was also um, easier putting the content together because. Um, Obviously, with the first issue, that was it was a very quite difficult process, sort of um, planning out how it was going to look in, in print and um, how we were going to divide up the sections, whether there would even be sections, um, what was going to be regular features. Um, so by the time this issue came along, we already had sort of gaps that we wanted to fill, and that kind of made the process um, quite a bit easier. And hopefully, going forward. Um, even smoother still. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned the sections then. Um, can you just go into a bit more depth about the sections you have? Um, yeah, sure. So there are there are three um, key sections. So we have uh, spaces and places, which is kind of what it says on the tin. We look at some interesting uh, places there. Um, and in, the, in this issue we have, for instance, we did a big feature on um, Fort Houston, which is a co-working space in Nashville. Um, we have a, an artist spotlight, which is a, a um, sorry, a hotel spotlight, which is a regular feature, and we did a big piece on the Hoxton and Shoreditch this time. Uh, we also started a new feature, which is stockist spotlight. So we look at um, who stocks the magazine, and then we pick an interesting stockist who has a really cool space. Um, and and so this issue we did um, Daikanyama Tsuya Tsutuya books in Tokyo. And we've also got a piece in there about um, uh, Aerogram Studio, who work between New York and Dusseldorf, and the kind of uh, all of the interesting um, collaborations that that kind of distance brings. 
Um, so, so spaces and places, yeah, as I say, is very much what it says in the tin. Craft and create, which is the second section, has, um, again, it's a lot more about sort of, you know, uh, craftsmen and people doing interesting things. Um, uh, we usually focus on independent entrepreneurs. So uh, we, our sort of feature interview for this one is uh, with Eric Bandholz from um, uh, the Modern Beardsman, sorry, from Urban Beardsman and Beard Brand. He's the CEO of Beard Brand, which are a company that make uh, beard oils and stuff like that. He's he's quite a character with a very impressive beard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we also um, did a feature on, um, well, actually, uh, Thomas Callahan from from Horse Brand or Horse Cycles in um, Brooklyn. Coincidentally, he he's another beard. But <laughs> he is another beard. That's true. That's true. But yeah, he's a guy who makes his own bike frames by himself in this amazing workshop in Brooklyn. Really, really interesting. Um, and we also. Um, did a feature on uh, Sweden Sands, the uh, the sort of the, the face of, of Sweden. Um, it's a very kind of lagom thing, of course, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of bringing in some of the the eight faces background in there. So there's a little bit of typeface things in there. And then uh, anyway, our final section is um, escape and recharge, which is really about sort of unwinding, sitting down with a drink, and and what have we got in there? We've got um, we've got a really great piece actually by Viola Peters, um, who is a uh, a Belgian graphic designer who writes about how she was really suffering from from exhaustion from work and how cycling helped her overcome that and she she got this really great pastime as a result of that um, and we've also got a really big thing about cold brew so we interviewed um, a company in LA called Outpost Coffee who bottle up cold brew coffee and we've got our resident coffee expert Jason Gonzalez to write a piece about his recipe for cold brew, and we also got the Outpost guys to write a recipe for a cold brew cocktail, which sadly we haven't got to try yet, but it does sound really, really good. So the <laughs> sections like are sort of um, divided up to sort of give that element of balance because this, the whole magazine's kind of um, sort of designed around concepts of balance um, and having just the right amount. So we wanted to to divide up the content in that way. So you've got the element of of you know, travel um, and work and, um, you know, working on your own projects, but then also the relaxing side of things. So we wanted to make sure that was very evident throughout. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the, the first issue. Thank you. It's, it's definitely a magazine that you can sit down and, like, chill out with. Cool. That, um, was, yeah. that was the intention. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Um, uh, talk about, like, balance and things how, how do you manage this magazine because you both obviously have uh, jobs as well like how, do you find it difficult to produce uh, such a nice like a, a nice magazine as well as your day jobs um, I'm a bit more fortunate at the moment um, I gave up um, freelance to concentrate um, on this issue um, during the beginning part of this year okay um, I'm also having a baby very soon, so <laughs> it kind of made sense to tone everything else down. But <laughs> fortunately, we've just about managed to get this issue out on time. So that was okay. the first important due date for us. <laughs> um, Elliot probably has um, more of an issue with balance with the <laughs> other, other projects as well. Yeah, so, so my day job is as creative director of Adobe Typekit. So um, obviously that's kind of um, that's kind of occupies me during the day. Um, but, but as Sam said, she's sort of, been able to concentrate um, purely on the magazine in the last few months. So that's been that's been great. It's and been fantastic for me. It's, it's been a really enjoyable experience just being able to just put all of your effort and enthusiasm into just one thing. Yeah, and it's allowed me to kind of um, 
lighten the load a little bit and um, sort of step in there just towards the end, really, on evenings and weekends to kind of get the get the design done and stuff like that. Um, and I also sort of handle things like our, our partnerships and, and um, those sort of relationships which sort of happened earlier this year. So there's, there's definitely a bit of a juggling act and basically it involves getting very little sleep <laughs> and working every every hour of the day. Um, but um, yeah, I think we've had a little bit of a healthier balance this time around than the first one and hopefully that's going to continue with issue three going forward. Yeah. We also get inspiration from the people we actually speak to as well. That's definitely. My, um, my favourite bit is finding all these interesting people and talking to them about what they're doing. And um, yeah, we find that it encourages us to kind of pursue pursue this even further as well uh, and you mentioned the baby is that gonna is that come before issue three or are you gonna try and get three out before oh no the baby comes? <laughs> we're actually yeah we're actually doing about uh, just over two weeks so oh. <laughs> yeah that, that's going to be very interesting when, you, when you're talking about balance because um, obviously we still have to get issue three out for yeah. september so um, i'm we're kind okay. of um we're going to have to figure out <laughs> a way of of um, getting that out or out the door with uh, with my input as well. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is also partly why we're we've already done quite a lot of work on issue three because yeah, obviously yeah, Sam will be out of action for a little bit and I'll be out of action for a little bit. So um, we've really tried to make some headway with that, and I think we've we've done all right with that so far. So we're thinking about maybe taking on an intern or someone like that in the summer to help with some of the um, some of those tasks and getting issue three ready. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we feel fairly quietly confident that we'll be able to do it. Um, let's just hope that we can, yeah, that it doesn't <laughs> set us back too much, and we end up not planning for issue four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're quite optimistic at the moment, but then you never know how these things go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I found I've, I have two children myself, and I found that having kids it makes you focus on your work. Uh, that much more. Well, that's great. You, know, you only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> yeah, that is actually quite good news. I that is good news. <laughs> that's yeah. good for us. Yeah. So yeah, I go back to the new issue. Um, how how do you select the features, or do you have like a long list of features that you want to try out, and then uh, how do you get the ones to actually go into the magazines? Well, we have um, a general idea about um, the kind of the kind of people we want to speak to. And um, you know how we think that's going to fit in with the magazine, and if it's if it'll appeal to our readers. So we kind of have an idea about um, you know the sort of the sort of thing we want to feature to begin with, and then um, we we sometimes find find people via Twitter, um, kind of interesting projects sort of come in, come to our attention. Um, I've been compiling quite a, a big list um, via Google Docs for various features and sort of listing those and looking into them a bit more and thinking how they could complement each other in upcoming issues um that's that's how we've been doing it so far yeah i think we're quite lucky as well aren't we? because there's not um i don't think we necessarily have to like go out and look too much like a lot of things we just sort of either discover like reading interesting articles or or talking to people who know someone else who's really interesting or we've got a few people after the first issue a lot of people wrote to us um, telling us about their projects and about people they knew and and so and so some of them those have been incorporated um, but uh, yeah I think what we try and do is as Sam said it's it's telling telling the stories of these people who who are doing really interesting stuff and you know some magazine well, a lot of magazines you know get caught up in sort of celebrity culture and and only speaking to people who are really well known in their own fields or 
uh, or people, you know, just that kind of massive hipster scene of just people who are really kind of hip and cool and stuff. And I think we're a little bit more about, um, mm. um, I, I guess, sort of um, singing the praises of some unsung heroes to an extent. I mean, we certainly have some some well known people in the pages as well. Like, like we got uh, Matthew Barnes, Forest Swords, um, in, in this issue. He's probably sort of a, a fairly big person. Um, but I think it's about yeah the the people who are doing really interesting things with their lives and and telling those stories rather than it just being about hey here's a cool person we're we're much more interested in in giving Finding people out the why behind what yeah, they do and... and giving people a platform who perhaps may not have had a platform previously. Uh, do you um, do you find that you have uh, features that you want to include but they just don't fit the flow of the certain issue? Yes. Um, yes, we do. So we, we kind of, um, at the moment, we're sort of dividing up um, some of the stories that we've got between issues three and four, um, just to sort of make sure we continue that balance. For instance, we don't want too many features to be kind of, for instance, be in Brooklyn or something. <laughs> or in a certain area, we want to make sure that we divide it amongst, um, you know, different locations in the world to make sure we're, we're sort of Giving giving a, a good fair balance of interesting projects going on everywhere in the world, um, so that that's that's been our our goal. With the- yeah, and it's um, I think also that that you raised a really good point about <clears throat> about things being you know great stories but not not necessarily fitting with the flow. I think that actually ties into a lot of the magazine. Like even when it comes down to the cover, for instance, we had some. Um, some photos which are you know really really great photos and we, we thought oh one of these photos has got to go on the cover but when you when you actually kind of try and put it in there you think actually this is a fantastic photo on its own but doesn't necessarily fit with what we're trying to say on the cover or what we're trying to balance with another photo I mean I guess we have that challenge and that the the approach we took to the cover design um, and hopefully the thing that that allows us to stand out a little bit is that we have two cover photos with the, I was going to ask the, about that. Yeah. Cool, thank you. With, with, the, yeah. with the magazine um, title placed in the middle. Um, and it's, it's great because you kind of don't have to rely on one image, but mm-hmm. um, the, the flip side of that is that you need two images that work really well with each other. Right. And so and so it's it was a pretty challenging task trying to come up with the cover, actually. I, I'm really happy with what we settled with, though, which happened yeah. at the 11th hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the cover as well. I think I like it a bit better than the first one. Oh, thank honest. you. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the uh, yeah that slightly unique cover layout with the title across the middle? Oh, it's your and idea, two photos. Well, um, we're kind of um, thinking about going along the theme of balance, and um, thought that it might be a good idea to put the title in the middle to separate out, you know, that um, so you can kind of instantly see there's the work element, and then there's the relaxation element. Um, the titles log on so it's about having just the right amount of something and also it kind of differentiates us a bit you don't really find that many titles that have got um, the, their title in the middle of yeah. the cover uh, I think magazine design magazine cover design specifically is in a bit of a stagnant place at the moment if I'm being honest like how many magazines are there out there that are you know have a, a whiteboard around them with a full, you know a, a gigantic photo and um, the magazine title in the sort of upper upper quarter i mean it's i think a lot of people are 
I don't know, especially a lot of indie titles I see like launching recently are kind of just following these trends and that kind of depresses me a bit. So we, we really wanted to make a, a bit of a statement about that and to, to, to try and do something that, that when you're looking at it in, in a shop and you're looking across the shelves, it's something that does look different from the others. Mm. But then there's the balance of doing something different and then kind of fitting in with the, what's normal. Do you Absolutely. Find that, do you have that kind of worry or are you... you uh confident that your cover is, is good i don't think we're um well I mean, we like it but <laughs> i mean it's, it's always difficult to be confident whether other people will like it but we're mm. we're sort of going by faith of if we do something that we we really think it's good we put all of our, you know a lot of thought and time and effort into it and we all we can really do is just hope that it resonates with other people as well we try not to too much look to see what other titles are doing because you know we want to make sure that we're doing you know what we think is good and I think maybe it's better for us to focus just on that rather than concentrating overly on competition. Yeah I think you can get caught up with thinking about what other people are doing. I, th I think I, I've sort of tried to approach the design from and I don't think it's anything particularly crazy or you know wacky or off the wall or anything but I'd like to think that it's the interior design as well is, is different from what a lot of other magazines are doing in that it's not just all about, you know, absolutely loads of white space um, and um, and super minimal type. Um, you know, we, we use, you know, uh, we use the, the tobacco um, type family in there, which is, which is, is, is I, I just love it as a, as a type family. It's fantastic because they were, we use the, the slab and the sands and the, the serif, and the serif has all these wonderful different uh, grades. So you get these really high contrast, this high contrast version, uh, which we use for the, for the titles. Um, and yeah, have a bit of fun with it. And it's not too kind of uh, uber minimal, which I think a lot of magazines are at the moment. So um, hopefully when you open it as well, it feels a little bit, feels a little bit different from everything else out there. But I mean, yeah, you there's nothing too too crazy in there. I mean, there is. I don't. I don't think we have that worry about not fitting in because I don't think we're doing anything that's wildly um, on the edges of design or anything like that. We wanted to make everything about it accessible to people as well. We didn't yeah. want to alienate any anyone really. I mean, it's predominantly we, we we target it really at creative people, but that's a very wide spectrum of people. Whether they work in the creative industry or not, I think there's most people have you know creative bones in their body and are inspired by these kind of stories. So it was very much about you know trying to appeal to a wide range of people too. But of course, people who appreciate good design and nice aesthetics and quality. Mm. Uh, and back in uh, August, I think it was August two thousand thirteen, Elliot, you you published your uh, the typography and grids posts on uh, about the digest magazine oh uh, yes that's right are you still using that the layouts from that yeah so um digest that we that i did with um kia and this other company that we owned that we um, decided to to not continue with um i'd come up with this big type and grid system for that um that i then modified for uh, to form the basis of the the logon um type and grid system essentially um so so yeah, it, it was it was a shame. I didn't want to see that disappear entirely. Um, I I, yeah, I thought it was a, a decent a decent design system that I didn't want to go away just because the magazine was. So I took that as the foundation and then modified that for the size and the format. And then there've been quite a few modifications from that. Um, I mean, they've even it's even changed as I said from from issue one of Log On um, through to issue two. 
Um, things like the pull quotes are completely redesigned. The um, front of house sections of the magazine are completely redesigned. Um, the type's been improved in, in very sort of small ways. So I think, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, I'm still using that as the, as the, the basis of it, essentially. Um, and yeah, I'm re I, I really need to write another post actually about about the Logon type system and um, mm. and talk about some of those kind of fine, geeky type details. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I think I'll put a, a link to the uh, the digest post in the show notes for those who are interested. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, uh, so yeah, being based uh, down around Bristol, do you find that the, the current kind of bustling publishing scene down there um, kind of aids you in making a magazine? Could you make the magazine in the same way anywhere else? Um, yeah, it's, well, I think, so to the first part of your question, um, it definitely aids us in that we have a really good network of, of folks that we can talk to. Um, so we're part of uh, BIP, which is Bristol Independent Publishers, and um, a lot of the indie mags here are a part of that as well. You know, people like Bone Shaker and Another Escape, um, Serial and whatnot. So um, it's really nice, you know, we meet up for some beers and have a chat about what went wrong and what didn't, you know, what, what was worked well for us and distribution and all this kind of stuff. So it's really nice to have that network, um, really nice. Um, but on the flip side of that, I, and the second part of your question, I don't know if that necessarily affects the way that we make the magazine or whether we could make this magazine elsewhere in the world. Um, I'd say that I think we can, um, and I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't see it as being um, particularly affected by Bristol per se, other than Bristol in itself is a very creative community. There's a lot of DIY culture, a lot of independent uh, shops, a lot of this, this really, really strong entrepreneurial spirit. So we certainly feel like it's our home here and we, you know, we really identify with all of that stuff. So I'd say subconsciously, I'm sure that's probably slipped into into this and perhaps if we were living in somewhere that didn't sort of support that way of thinking perhaps the magazine would never have come out but but in terms of the actual magazine's content and how we put it together i would say that's something that we could probably do if we decided to up sticks tomorrow mm. but um, i'm sure it's nice to have a, a group of great publishers around the corner definitely going yes. to talk to and yeah it's great yeah um so the, the last uh, thing I wanted to touch on is your kind of your the business side of the magazine. Uh, you have, uh, in, at least in issue one, a varied range of kind of advertising models. Yes. Um, so uh, it was published in association with Mailchimp, for example, which is kind of a something you don't really see. And then you had a couple of competitions with other brands, and then uh, also like regular ads on the pages. Yeah. Um, how do you? How have you gone about um, funding the magazine and like? Do you find a certain uh, advertising model is more effective than others? Um, I think, in a way, we're still finding our feet with it. Um, and certainly with a lot of advertisers, they want to um, they want to see that you are not just you know, a quick flash in the pan, that they want to know that you've got a few issues under your belt before investing in you, that kind of thing. So um, a lot of companies that we've been speaking to, um, who hopefully become advertisers, I know, sort of wanted to see examples of other things that we've done with advertisers so far. Um, we're very fortunate to have the support of folks like Mailchimp. Um, part part of that, well, a large part of that comes from the previous projects that we've done. Um, they were a, a large sponsor of um, Eight Faces and and some other uh, projects that I've put out over the years. Um, and so we, they're essentially our, our main advertiser, um, and they're 
they get the back page of that and they get the publishing association thing with because they're they're very very generous with with what they what they contribute towards the cost of the magazine um and then we have obviously our, our sort of more standard ads in this issue we just have we don't have any half page ads anymore it's purely just full page or double page ads mm-hmm. um and we've even um in this issue we have a few uh, partnerships like we did before so with um uh, Ghostly International with the Ghostly store uh, we have a partnership where they sort of contributed some actual content. Uh, beer merchants, again, we've got another competition. Uh, we did an infographic uh, in collaboration with Keep Cup about um, disposable coffee cup waste. Um, and then we've th- with this issue, we've done a completely new thing where we have an eight-page insert with .bk, who are a Brooklyn-based fashion company. Um, and the insert is bound into the spine, um, but it's printed on on different stock and it's trimmed to a different size. So it's actually it's really nice. It's kind of like its own little supplement that's that's in the magazine. So we have, as you say, a few different um, a few different ways of incorporating advertising in the magazine. And I've always felt that if advertising is done tastefully and it is relevant to the audience, then it's not a bad thing. I think a lot of advertising, most of advertising, is is pretty awful most of the time. Um, but I think if you're relatively minimal with it and the ads that are in there are something that you, the audience would find interesting, which is what I believe very strongly with, with the ads that we have in there, then I think it's okay to do that. And, and just from a, you know, a business perspective, it really is essential, we see it as being essential to have advertising in the magazine in order for this to be a sustainable business. And part of the reason for that is because we really strongly believe in paying all of our contributors and a lot of indie magazines in fact a lot of magazines in general don't do that and we're really really against that idea we pay everybody who's involved um you know if you don't have if you don't have your contributors in a magazine then you don't have a magazine so i think it's fair that everyone should get paid even if you're not making loads of money but our goal is to pay our print bills and our contributor costs which are basically you know that's pretty much all of our costs um lumped together um, with our with our partnerships, and then we can make money with the with the sales of the magazine. And we're not quite there yet with this issue, but hopefully um, we might get there with issue three. Um, and I think it's again, it's about making it sustainable. If you if you're running a magazine that doesn't make any money and doesn't pay for itself, then that magazine is going to fold. So we're interested in in taking on adverts to make it sustainable, so it's a it lasts, and so it's got relevant advertisements in there for our readers. Mm, I think that's something I really enjoyed about issue one, was the the ads in there were something I wanted to read. That's <laughs> and great. I, I didn't, mi- didn't mind looking at. <laughs> Thank you very um, much. That's and great. Because they, they all supported the content that they were with. So, yeah, it was just an enjoyable experience, really. And it was good to see the magazine being kind of supported by these brands as well. That's great feedback. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. And if you ever look through issue two and feel differently about that, we'd love to know about that as well, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I don't think you will. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like it will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Um, do you have a, a list of magazines that you could recommend to the listeners, magazines that you enjoy reading? Yes, we've got quite a few. It's kind of hard to pick three, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> we'll go for it. Would, my choice would be Four and Sons, just because... Um, well, I love dogs. <laughs> I don't know if you've, you've, you've heard of Four of Sons, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some copies, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really different. And um, there isn't, I, I just can't think of a magazine that's like it. And um, it just looks at dogs and the culture of dogs, you know, in, in, in human societies in a really kind of interesting, creative way. Um, 
I just appreciate that it's different and it's about dogs. It's, 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 it's beautifully <laughs> designed. And it's beautifully designed, it's, yeah. It's, I love the photography. Really, really nicely done. Mm. So, oh, it's speak, about dogs. Speaking right on time. That's brilliant. Okay, and I would pick um, Sidetrack magazine, which uh, they're, they're local to us as well. I think they're just up the road in Gloucester. Um, really, really beautiful, uh, beautifully put together magazine. Um, very, very high production values. Great, uh, really, really great photography. Really, really lovely. Um, and it's sort of just an interesting travel magazine. It's 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 just um, yeah, I, I love it. It's the the content is really, really nice. The the they've got some really beautiful typesetting in there, which I'm always a big fan of, of course. Um, and again, I think they they get the balance right with. Um, the ads in there are very, very relevant to the audience. And the only, what's their third one? Hot Rum Cow. Um, which is, uh, I, I wrote an article for the last issue about uh, beer label design, so I'm a bit biased there. Um, <laughs> but it's just a, a magazine about about drinking, <laughs> which, which, is, um, which sounds dodgy. But um, yeah, they just, they take a look at a different type of drink every issue. Um, and it's it's really interesting designed. It's you know it's it's definitely not one of the minimal magazines. You know it's it's got a lot of stuff in there, but it's it's really tastefully done. Um, and they really delve into um, the specifics of whatever drink they're looking at, whether that's a type of beer or whether they're looking at whiskeys or port or whatever. It's they look at the origins and they do lots of really great interviews and they do some they do some really interesting work with testing kind of wine snobs against people who don't know anything about wine and sort of tricking the wine snobs into thinking they're drinking expensive wines when they're not really and I quite admire them for doing that hmm. okay some great choices um, uh, so um, just to wrap up uh, where can people find you uh, Elliot and Sam and the magazine online um, well so I'm online as elliotjstocks.com and Elliot J Stocks is like my username in literally every single social network, so very easy to find. And yours is pretty much the same, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mine's samanthastocks.com. Unfortunately, my website really needs revamping, which I won't have time to do anytime <laughs> soon. And your, what's your Twitter username? Oh, at Sankadan. <laughs> and we're, we're full of the magazine, um, it's readlogon, and that's the URL and every single social network, so nice and easy to find. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, good luck with uh, issue two, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it will sell well. Uh, it looks amazing from what I've seen so far. Thank you. Send and, us your uh, address and we'll send you a copy. All right, I will do. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, yeah, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, and uh, I hope to speak to you soon. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye. 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 To stay up to date with Mag Heroes, you can follow at Mag Heroes on Twitter. And all previous episodes can be found online at magheroes.net or soundcloud.com slash magheroes. To get alerted of upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or any podcasting app. Just search for Mag Heroes. Thank you for listening, and I'll have a new episode for you in a couple of weeks. Cheers!